Imagine you're driving down the road, dreaming, wondering, where is my life going? Do I have what it takes to be a doctor? Is this what I want to do with my life? I've reached a crossroad. It's time to make a decision. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Crossroads in Medicine podcast. Uh, this is one of your hosts, Alex, and I'm also here with Ben and Brandon. And today we're going to talk to you about a popular medical school topic, which is boards exams. Most specifically, uh, Comlex Level 1 and Step 1. So just really quick, uh, for those of you that are not familiar with it, um, you actually do uh, three sets of boards exams um, in medical school and during residency. So your first set is Step 1 or Comlex Level 1, and you tend to do that after the end of your second year or beginning of third year. And then after that, you do Step 2 or Comlex Level 2. That's at the end of third year going into fourth and then step three, which can be done during residency. So a lot of times people wanna know what is the best approach to studying for these exams. So in actuality, studying for boards actually starts your first day in medical school. So uh, Brandon, you kinda wanna talk about what people should be doing as a M1 to study for boards. Yeah, so M1 year is kind of I would say an adjustment year. You're kind of still figuring out what do I need to study, how do I need to study, and you know, just generally how do I pass my classes. But at the same time you have to realize that everything that you learn in classes can generally be applied to your board exams and eventually being a physician. So you want to try to slowly figure out what's important for your classes versus what's important for boards and then eventually what's important for real life. So at the end of maybe your first semester, getting into your second semester, you should probably have a goody, pretty good feel of how to study and what's important. And they like to say the phrase is high yield and low yield, which generally denote like what's important to know and what's not important to know. So people generally like to focus on high yield information, which generally translates to board exams. So at the end of, let's say, first year, the beginning of second year, you should maybe start thinking about making a plan of when are you going to take your board exams, how long do you need to study, and are you going to do like practice questions, what resources are you going to use, and how are you going to incorporate this into your school's own schedule. Yes, I would. I like how you brought up resources, because I think that's one of the big hurdles that people have when it comes to board studying. There's a plethora of resources out there. Um, some And really, in medical school, you need to find out what you like and which resources work for you, and then stick to them. So the generic go-to for boards is uh, first aid as a content book, but there's also other sources called Boards and Beyond, AMBOSS. You can use uh, Pathoma for pathology, sketchy boards for microbiology, and then there's your question banks, UWorld, and every single person's gonna wanna study different. So kind of just take in all the information that people are giving you and hear what sources they use, but when it comes time to actually study during dedicated, have a plan and stick to your resources. Don't let other people's um, study plans and stuff get in your way. Really figure out during the first two years your study methods and which resources you like and work for you and then stick with them. Uh, so Ben, do you kind of want to tell people which study sources you like to use? Yeah, of course. Um, I just want to reiterate that these board exams are very long. They're about nine hours long. There's 
several hundred questions, although this can vary. I know our year they change the amount of questions that show up on these exams, but just not to take it lightly and that everyone should know, you know, since uh, you're in medical school, it's time to start studying for these boards. But at the same time, don't stress about it. You know, it's just something you need to be doing to supplement your curriculum. And as Brandon mentioned earlier, this finding the high yield information, that's kind of a recurring theme of your studying pattern. So with these extra resources, you're gonna pair them with your curriculum ideally and create an environment where you can see what really is high yield and what is mentioned in both the curriculum and in the study banks is probably what's most likely gonna come on this test. Because at the end of the day, you can't be too sure what's going to come on there, but you can maximize your chances by studying the highest yield information for what can actually uh, be asked. So in, in our study pattern, uh, we're not sponsored by any of these sources by any means, but I found that the best uh, question banks to do that helped me the most was UWorld. Um, their question content set was great for preparing for both uh, USMLE Step 1 and Comlex Level 1. As well as uh, for Comlex, I like the TrueLearn ComBank series of questions. I felt that these were a great supplement to do in addition to my coursework. Um, you know, I, I would just start doing these questions uh, every day as I would have time. Starting into my first year and second year of medical school, I was sort of incorporating some questions to go along with what I was doing in class. And I found that that was uh, very helpful to study for boards. And the material that was asked that came up in questions even multiple times really helped me like learn those concepts and the exposure. So when studying for boards, it's really kind of a different animal uh, from studying for what you've been used to in a sense that the boards, not only is it testing your knowledge, it's also testing your skill to answer questions rapidly, efficiently, and to recall facts. So a really good way to do this is with repetition. And that's why I think the, the, the question banks, the ComBank, the UWorld as a resource are very valuable because you're working on your repetition and you're working on the fact that you can see these questions, see these patient presentations, and then get to the answer faster. So I'd recommend that all medical students start incorporating a question bank like the ones we mentioned uh, into their study routine as early as possible. Yes, and then I know different people study different ways. So when you start off these question banks, um, do not be alarmed or shocked or panicked if your score starts off low. Because you, at the end of the day, you're using this to learn. So as you become more familiar with the way questions are asked, what type of content they go for, and the questions, you'll notice improvement as you go. Um, although if you do notice like, hey, like I'm really not improving or anything, don't be afraid to say I need to stop questions and focus on actually learning content. So that's like another thing you need to balance, you know, you need to make sure do I actually know this content enough to answer the questions? Because sometimes if the questions are not going well, you might actually need to go through and do content. Content wise, I always found a uh, first aid to be the best source for me as in terms of learning the material. Um, I know a lot of people also like using AMBOSS as well as uh, boards and beyond. In terms of like rapid reviews, I like to use the Dirty Medicine series on YouTube. I feel like he kind of hits topics in very condensable ways, like 10, 15 minute videos that just really explain things. And then uh, sketchy to like kind of just like hard memorize a lot of like the microbiology that can be very nitpicky like there's definitely some topics that are more you know memorization based and that can help with that uh, did you have any uh, particular content source you like brandon or yeah so i generally use the use an acronym called ufaps which stands for u world first aid and pathoma i did also use sketchy as well um 
For Sketchy, I only use pharmacology and microbiology, although they do have lots of different iterations for you know more specific things like biochem, but I didn't really use too much of that. So you will just primarily my like, I would say to make sure I really knew the information and first aid was more like my general textbook. I found that AMBOSS was also helpful for like a Wikipedia version of medicine. It's a nice hybrid between let's say Wikipedia and actually up to date, which is more of a clinical source. So, you know, as you keep doing these questions, you can kind of evaluate what you don't know and what you do know, and you can figure out how do I learn it? Do I learn it by a picture? Do I learn it by reading a book? And I'm more of a visual learner, so I would tend to look up different topics and search them into Google and then click images. And then you might find like different you know, pictures from other sources like Osmosis, which is another common news source. And you can learn content in any way that really clicks with you. Mm-hmm. Also, I did use um, this podcast called Daddy Golgen, which is done by uh, Golgen. She's an old, retired, um, I would say like a boy prep guy. He used to be a physician. And it's a nice source to listen to maybe topics while you're driving or maybe in a shower while you could you know, make yourself more productive while you're not doing anything else. Yes. And I know a lot of, like, you know, us medical school, pre-med people, everyone likes to be very scheduled, organized people. So a lot of people, I feel, want to know, what is the timeline? So assuming you, during your first two years, you've been supplementing your curriculum with boards material, like, let's say, reading first aid, all that other stuff, you're headed into dedicated. So, uh depending on the school you go to, that tends to be like in the summer months. At some point over the summer, you'll probably get a month dedicated or more, depending on your school. Probably I would say June, July, August, around there, in which you can take, uh, a lot of people take their boards, but each school have different deadlines. You know, some people can take it until September, October, but how many months before do you think people should start really hitting the books and preparing for the exam so you know i would say that's kind of a loaded question because it really depends on the person and how they're you know doing in school like if they're barely passing and you know medical school classes versus a person who's doing straight a's you know their content might be a little bit different but i'd say generally at the beginning of m2 you should start slowly doing questions maybe halfway between the halfway mark of M2 years, maybe to try to be doing 10 to 20 questions a day on your world, a comp bank, whatever your source may be. But the real bulk of the studying, I would say, happens about a month to four months before the actual exam, and that depends on person. And of course, you can always reschedule your exam, but you know, no one really wants to do that. So I would say on average, maybe three months with at least a one month dedicated period. And while you're you know, studying for classes, you try to maybe shift your focus from class material to board material. And generally the board material will carry over to the class material and you'll do just fine. I agree with you, three to four months seems to be good. Cause I think what a lot of people that have not been through a dedicated, it is a very taxing time period whether it be, you know, your school gives you one or two months. These, we're talking days you wake up early, you hit the books, maybe throw in like a physical activity for yourself, some meals, 
but you're really spending a lot of your day studying you know obviously taking mental health breaks and stuff like that but a very big bulk and it is a very challenging time to go through uh so ben kind of want to give people an idea of what a typical dedicated day was like for you just for people to help like plan and get a better idea sure so right off the bat i want to say that dedicated um as when we're referring to that we're referring to a time period that your school gives you off of classes where you're essentially not doing anything so it's kind of like a time where you have uh, minimal responsibilities on the school's end where you just have time to study for your board and so this is going to be right before you take your board exam uh, so this is the time to really lock it down and really get more practice and exposure. So I know everyone's dedicated schedule varies. Um, I know some people that made Excel sheets and calendars to keep themselves organized. And if you're someone that's very visual and wants to be very structured, that's good for you. Other people kind of played it by ear. Uh, but for me personally, I would wake up early in the morning, you know, as early as possible and really start hitting the books. Um, for me, I found the best thing that worked was alternating between content and question sets. So I would kind of wake up early, you know, do some content, uh, reading our sources that we discussed earlier, like first aid, and then supplementing it with a question set. Uh, then I would take a break for lunch and then I would resume and then do some more question sets. Uh, and then have a break in the afternoon for probably some physical activity, some, some time off, you know, for the mental strain and keep going. So I would strive to sort of get like a 12 hour workday or more if possible during dedicated and just kind of be as, and, you know, engulfed in the material as I could be uh, from the get go. Because that's really the month where you want to prepare and try to do uh, as much as you can. And another thing I want to reiterate when doing these these questions is that they're really for how you can improve. So if you get a question wrong um, off the off the bat, it's worth looking at it. And these question banks, what they do is they give you an explanation. They say, here's the answer to the question. Here's why this is the answer to the question. And then here's all the other answers like A, B, C, D, etc. Because these are multiple choice questions. And here's why those answers were incorrect. So I found that when to maximize your your strategy and what I did during dedicated is I would keep like a, a running list essentially my own log of through Excel or through screenshots or through however of how the questions that I was doing and I would look at those and I would practice it and I would really read into why I got the question wrong and how I can improve for the next time so not only do you want to keep a rigid schedule you also want to keep a log of your content and you want to keep reviewing that and going through and how you can improve uh, do you have any thoughts on that Brandon yeah so I thought you brought up good points about focusing on the questions that you got wrong because obviously the questions you got right, while important, you clearly know the contents. It's the questions that you don't know is where you need to improve. So I think taking a log or screenshotting or however you keep track of those incorrect questions is a very important and underrated um, aspect of it. So, you know, towards the end of Dedicated, I would, every single night before I would go to sleep, I actually had a list of where I would go through every single question every single topic I got wrong and read about okay why is this right why is that right and eventually you know you'll start we get seeing repeat questions be like oh you know that's pretty obvious to me now but you it's only obvious because now you reviewed it you actually know the contents so I think um, you know not getting upset by your mistakes and actually you know learning from them which is the whole purpose of the board exams is an important aspect of this Yes, it's really focused on learning and understanding the topic. And the days are long, it's easy to get bogged down and you can quickly get burned out because of how intensive the study schedule can be during dedicated. So make sure you're getting uh, quality studying over quantity, right? So 
it, yes, you can get more questions in a day, but if you're, you know, rushing through them, not really absorbing the material and you're not going to remember it, that's not quality studying. So focus on understanding material, and I think that would get you more points. So that also goes to taking a mental health break for yourself. If you feel you're drifting off and, you know, you're answering more questions wrong, that, you know, you're not really absorbing the material, then go for a walk, take a nap, eat, do something, because you want to make sure that you're maximizing the amount of material that you're absorbing and understanding. It's really de uh, dedicated, is not a sprint, it's a marathon. So you need to make sure you're pacing yourself and absorbing material, and especially until test day. So, uh, so let's talk about test day. Uh, so uh, Ben, uh, before the day of your test, uh, what was, how did you handle that? So a test day is a very stressful day for, for everyone, and the day before, you know, as obviously can be anticipated. Um, I think a good thing is sort of to take it easier actually the day before your test and sort of work on stress management. Um, I know some people don't study at all the day before the test, but for me I did review a couple things, so uh, it's really what comes down to your preference on that regard. Um, I know like getting in the right mental state and you know, you've, you've been studying at this point at least a month and dedicated, if not obviously a lot more for your second and first year. So at this point, you just kind of have to say, oh, you've got this, you've done all these questions, you've done all this content. At this point, you know enough to take this exam and it's really about just getting in the zone to take it. So for me, what helped was just sort of reviewing the, the highest of high yields, the things that I've seen, the absolute most, those, uh, those formulas, those like little details that you need to know before you walk in. That was kind of the stuff that I focused uh, leading like right up to test day. Um, I wasn't scrambling to get in more content because at that point I'd already done what I had to do. And so like keeping that dedicated schedule that we talked about earlier uh, is really important leading up to the test day. But for sure, just reviewing anything last minute and uh, you know, really meditating and getting, getting into the zone to take the test is what will help you. And I also looked up all the information ahead of time about the testing site, when to go in, what to bring. Uh, all that is super important to take care of before you walk in because it's gonna eliminate stress on testing day. So definitely get everything prepped the day before. Uh, you do have a break for lunch during the test, so make sure that's ready to go. Make sure all your information is set so you don't have to worry about that last minute and that'll give you some peace of mind as well. Yes, yeah. these are like eight to nine hour tests. So one point I wanted to bring up is you when you start getting closer to your exam you want to start taking practice exams and these practice exams you want to try to simulate test conditions as much as possible because you want to have your body be as most closely adapted to what your realistic testing conditions would be so that includes wearing earplugs if you're going to wear earplugs drinking caffeine or not drinking caffeine waking up at the exact time maybe even going out for a drive for how far away you're you know most of them are parametric testing centers, you know. Maybe you should even go to your, your testing center, see where you're going to park. It's all about making yourself as much as comfortable as possible and being as prepared as possible. And like Ben said, make sure you know what your break timing is. You know, if you're taking both complex and step, they have different break schedules and different break times and diff even different questions per block. And a block is roughly 40 to 44 questions, about an hour each. So it's all about being mentally prepared and you know, having your practice be as closely adapted to your test-like conditions. So I think that's really helpful. And as in terms of actual number of practice exams, you know, that kind of varies. 
on how you're scoring, what your target score is, but I would say you want to take at least five practice exams, um, you know, before your uh, your exam, and whether that be an MBME, MBME, or US uh, UWorlds, or whatever, you know, exams you can find, there's tons of them, but generally UWorlds, pretty predictive, um, ComSay, and uh, ComBank True, uh, True Learn, I think, you know, they're pretty predictive exams, so, you know, try to do as many exams as possible, along with your questions. Yes, and then just be confident with yourself on test day. You know, you've studied what you can. Um, don't get bogged down on, you know, a particular score or anything. Just go in, focus on knowing yourself and confident in the knowledge that you have. And I think being calm and approaching the test that way, you're going to maximize your score. Um, I know a big thing a lot of people are curious about is because depending on your school and when you're required to take your boards by some people will take it you know during dedicated but other people have the option of taking it like in the in, at the start of their third year so they've already stepped into rotations and are going to be studying and rotating at the same time and some people say oh hey would it be a good idea to move my test i'm going to be in rotations is this something that you know I can do so um, I think just kind of like to touch on that uh, I guess some of us took it during rotations. some of us took it before so I personally I took it uh, while I was in rotations and my thought on that was really uh, have an understanding of which rotations you're going into I would say at the start of third year because when you each rotation you go to is a new place that you're gonna get adjusted to there's new people you're going to be meeting, there's new expectations, each rotation is required different stuff from you, and each rotation schedule is going to be different as well. So really kind of just maybe like talk to like upperclassmen or, or people you know that have had the rotation and be like, hey, you've done this rotation before, How? what is the time commitment like? Um, do you think I would be able to study during it? So yeah, so I think that's a fair point. Um... You know, I know a lot of people who took their boards, you know, in their dedicated period. And I also know a lot of people who took their boards, you know, during rotations. I did a little bit of a mixture. I took my Comlex during dedicated and I ended up taking my STEP uh, several months later in January. And I had perfectly timed it in a way that Alex had suggested in a sense that I made sure that the rotation that I was going to be taking it during and maybe even the previous rotation we're going to have a little bit more of a lax schedule where I would have more time to study, more time to get readjusted into the test uh, schedule. So in general, I would recommend taking it during dedicated if you can, because you don't have that added stress of studying for boards during rotations, which, you know, it could be difficult to manage. But at the same time, if your target score is not where you want it to be, you know, don't rush your exam either. You know, make sure you're doing what's best for you. And I think that goes back to the importance of self-assessment and being honest with yourself, where it's like if your target score is not where you want to be, uh, you can definitely push the boards back or schedule for a later time. Uh, I know for USMLE, when you sign up for the exams, you sign up for a window, and so you can take the score within that window, but it's, uh, it's financially inefficient to move to a different window. So when you're scheduling at first, make sure you schedule a window with a certain amount of months in which you're looking to take the exam. So be realistic and schedule a, a, a good window to where if you need to push it back, you will have to push it back. So through your, your self-assessments and your target score, that's a decision that you have to make for yourself. 
for Comlex, uh, you sign up for a particular date, not a window, but it does sort of change with when you want to reschedule it. So Comlex, uh, there's a fee for rescheduling, but the fee changes depending on how far away from the exam you choose to reschedule it. So if you reschedule very close to the exam day, you're going to have to pay a higher fee, of course. So uh, it's important to be doing more self-assessments as early on as you can to determine if you're going to have to reschedule your Comlex without paying a significant fee. Yeah. And then another thing, like, uh, with uh, studying with rotations, you also have to take into account, so, like, not only would you be studying for boards, there's going to be a lot of overlap, but you will be studying for uh, shelf exams as well. And there is overlap in that. So really try to, you know, get a good idea, talk to people, figure out, you know, hey, this rotation, like, how much can I study during it? And that's a great point, Alex. And I think that's going to really segue us into our next episode, which is going to focus more on the M3 year and, you know, the preparation between shelf exams, different clinical rotations, and eventually... The next set of exams, which is step two and level two. All right, Ben. Well, thank you. That's a great conclusion. I uh, hope you're all looking forward to our next episode where we really dive into the inner machinations of the M3 year.